0: Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly.
1: From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim Diorgadas, And I'm Greg Cott.
2: This week, singer-songwriter and violinist Amanda Shires joins us for a live performance. On her latest album, To The Sunset, she delivers her most literary and powerful lyrics yet, thanks in part to her degree in poetry.
3: I went to school to to learn to be better at words because I felt initially that I was just uh, operating on instinct only. I was tired of fighting with myself. I needed to have reasons for the choices that I make and intentions to go along with that.
1: We'll also review new albums from hip-hop artist Anderson Paak and international indie rockers Bart Brute. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later we're going to talk with country artist and violinist Amanda Shires about her songwriting process, being a mom, and more. But first, some new music.
0: I've been in my bed
2: That is Tints from the new Anderson-Pac record Oxnard. That is his fifth studio album, uh, Jim, and uh, this artist, two, three years ago, approaching age 30, the career didn't seem to be going anywhere. There was a, there was a question about anderson Pock whether anybody was going to pay attention. He had been making records out in California for a number of years, was a gospel drummer, floating around the music scene, came to Dr. Dre's attention. Nobody really remembers that Compton, Dr. Dre comeback album uh, very much (laughs) anymore, uh, 2015. But uh, there were six cameos on that record by Pac, and that put him on the map for a lot of people. That really ushered in uh, the breakthrough album Malibu that came out in 2016, one of the best records of that year. It turned him into a must-hear artist of of, of the 21st century. Now we have the follow-up to uh, Malibu, and it's called Oxnard, We're going to play a track from it before we review it. It's The Chase from Oxnard by Anderson Paak on Sound Opinions.
0: You know I hit it almost every time, and then I miss one. How we gon' get ourselves out of this one? Hard to get up from this, like Sunny listed. Feel like a Zayn Lambie with the Pistons. Bad boys, but no Will Smithin only real fiction. Got to the folk in the road and split decision. I could either split everything, my own decisions. That would take a little more time and more wisdom. That would take a little more grind and more vision. What's the difference between the poor and the rich man? Standing in line, I have wristbands. These are lessons you learn
4: with no tuition.
1: That is The Chase by Anderson Paak on Sound Opinions. Greg, this album is a letdown, uh, sad to say. Uh, Not musically. I actually think this is one of Dre's best productions in a decade, maybe two. You know, I've never been um, a a big, huge fan of the Dr. Dre West Coast kind of laid-back gangster sound. Here he's going to the roots of what those samples were with a real kind of fluid, uh, natural, uh, groovy, funk, old-school sound. And and I think it helps that that Pac is a drummer, right? And a great one. It's got it's got a wonderful vibe, a sunny vibe, continuing, you know, with Malibu and that kind of sunny thing that he's been doing. Even though he's singing about his hometown and the tough streets of Oxnard in this, uh, the problem is lyrical. He doesn't have anything to say. He can't decide whether he wants to be a mac daddy or woke and to me everything that's wrong with this record can be summed up in that track 6 summers in which he imagines a uh, female trump I I a stick yes, sir.
0: the revolution will not be televised but it will be streamed live at 1080 on your And it's
1: really distasteful, and a lot of the language about women uh, is really distasteful and misogynistic. And then he'll drop uh, some wisdom, like, you know, we could and should do better than a racist president. Um, You know, and and he can't decide which voice he wants to have.
2: I think it's a realistic voice, not being able to make up your mind. The conflictedness was part of what it meant to be uh, uh, growing up in in Oxnard you know uh, west coast uh, city uh, has its issues with gang violence he was surrounded by that the the church was a sanctuary for him in a lot of ways the fact that he was able to uh, create a, a musical persona apart from that street persona in the church and you can feel that conflictedness in this record and i would say for the first half it works. Even that song, Six Summers, that you dislike so much, I think this idea of this ghetto nihilism rubbing up, up against the idea that there's just people in power who don't care. Yeah, He, he remembers it from his childhood. It's still here. It's still going to be here decades from yeah, now. Yeah, but what
1: about the sexist kind of stuff that he just so casually there, closes out? It's,
2: there's there's that in this record, and, and there's elements of that throughout this record. But that doesn't bother me as much as the last half of the record, where I think he, he gets off to a strong start. I agree with you about the Dre production, but the last half of the record, he seems to be phoning it
1: in a little bit. There's these bedroom jams. These, it, it's padded with these cameos. I actually think Q-Tip's cameo and Kendrick Lamar's on that track we played up top, Tints, uh, are, are far better than anything Pac gives us.
0: just a and I'm just in here reflecting. Head collisions with memories in the intersection. Looking in my rear view, wishing I could be near you. The freeways
2: Well, you know, I, I, I think the cameos, in, in, in part, point to the weaknesses of this record. Yeah. He's, he's a much better artist than that. He should be making records that don't need those kinds of crutches. This record, as a snapshot of growing up in Oxnard, a lot of potential. I think Malibu raised the bar very high for Anderson Pac, and he does not get there with this record.
4: I'm not bitter And I don't want her back There'll be no rumors or Mistakes being made that I wouldn't
1: be here today. Hooray! That is a little bit of hooray, got to say with the exclamation point, Greg, uh, from the new album by Art Brute. Wham! Bang! Pow! Let's rock out. Uh, <laughs> also, exclamation points after every word. You know, Greg, what? Jonathan Richmond was to the modern lovers. The heart and soul, he was the modern lovers. Singer Eddie Argos is Art Brute. You gotta love Eddie Argos. He's been a comic book from his debut in the early 2000s. You and I were huge fans of the first album, Bang Bang Rock and Roll, which found Eddie Argos just uh, narrating because he can't sing. He kind of just does this stand-up narration of his life in the clubs, in a rock band. That was his dream. I want to be in a band. And that's what he sang about. We are now uh, quite a ways down the line from that debut. This one, Bang, Pow, Etc., is uh, the fifth album by Art Brut. Uh, many of Eddie's original band members are gone. He is now based in Berlin, no longer in London. What is he giving us, uh, low These Many Years Later, on album number five? Let's play a track. We'll come back and give our reviews. I hope you're very happy together. He later adds a parenthetical, but I wouldn't mind it if you're not by Art Root on Sound Opinion. I
4: know that it's a cliché and I swear I'm not lying But the day you left I dreamt I was flying A record collection split in two And you took all the bad songs Away with you Hopefully This'll be The last Song I ever need. I hope, you're very happy I hope you're very happy
1: together. And if you're not, that's even better. I hope you're very happy together. And if you're not, that's even
4: better.
2: That is Art Brute with a track called I Hope You're Very Happy Together from the uh, Wham Bang. Pow, Let's Rock Out album. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to get through that with a straight face. Uh, This is the first album in quite a while from these guys, uh, seven years to be exact. Talk about your One Trick Pony, right? When you heard that debut record, Bang Bang Rock and Roll, we all loved it. Uh, We go, where do they go from here? What's next? How do they follow this up? And basically they gave us four more albums that were basically lesser versions of that first record. This does not mitigate... Uh, my eternal love for uh, Eddie Argos and everything he represents. I mean, as you so aptly describe him, he's like the every schlub that we all are deep inside. he's us, but he has a band. (laughs) And the awkwardness and, you know, the stumbling through life and unable to shake these past breakups, but he, he makes fun of himself and, you know, every... Every cliché that you think a rock singer is, he's the exact opposite of that. He's, he's just a, a, a non-cliché. And I love the individuality there, the the courage uh, to be his own person on these on these tracks. Now, that said, uh, <laughs> he, he's not giving us anything new here. No. Uh, but it is a very solid Musically. art brute record. It is a pop rock record with big sing-along choruses. They've added some horns. They're not really changing the template at all. For over those five records, uh, there are some witty lines in here. I think the song we played, I hope you're very, you're very happy together. You know, that, that conflictedness about break, a breakup and then, you know, forgetting her, but not really forgetting her. We've all been there. Uh, the title track, I love that line I want to wake up smelling like smoke under a pile of strangers' coats. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you've all woken up yeah. in somebody's apartment at four in the morning <laughs> and going, where? how did I get here and why? Um, so, I, you know, well, we can also, relate to his ineptitude, you know. Ineptitude, he he you know? is
1: a student of pop culture and rock history. I don't want her back. There'll be no rumors or blood on the tracks singing about two of the most famous divorce albums in in history. Yeah. album's littered with those pop culture references. I think you're missing something. Because the first couple of times I listened through, I said, oh, another album from Mark Brood. Used to love them. They were guests on Sound Opinions, one of our first shows on public radio. Then I got it. He is now singing about the only thing sadder than being a poor schlub who wants to be in a band but has no talent, which is to now be a poor middle-aged schlub <laughs> who was in a band that had no talent. And now, you know, he's old and nobody wants him and it's particularly sad and he has diverticulitis and he has to go to wow. the hospital, right? Which he yeah. sings uh, with the exclamation point, hospital. to make me go to rehab and I said, "That's probably
4: a very good idea." When I get out of the hospital,
1: and uh, you know, his his girlfriend dumped him. And uh, he is truly pathetic right now,
2: you know. Well, he says, as he says in that song, "cult figure." You know, he's a cult that's figure. That's who we yes. are, and I'm that's a... who we shall be forevermore.
1: I'm a footnote to a footnote in rock history, and he deserves it. And then, once I started realizing that that's what the theme of this album was, it made me a lot happier. Because you know, as bad <laughs> as my life could be, I'm not Eddie Argos. <laughs> As always, we want to hear from you. Call and leave a message on our hotline, 888 859 1800, with your opinions on the new Anderson Pock or Ark Brute Records. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Coming up, Amanda Shires joins us for a live performance in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Cold
4: band, cold.
0: Teddy, right? I'm not done with you yet. Turn around. Turn
1: around. Turn, around. Turn around. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And this week, our guest is country singer, songwriter, and violinist, Amanda Shires. Just a few months ago, Amanda released her latest solo album, To the sunset, lots of acclaim from critics, including us. You know, Greg, it is smart, it is passionate, it is moving, it breaks all of the country cliches, and it has a fuzz box on the violin. (laughs) You know, Amanda was raised in Texas, started playing when she was 10 years old, a child prodigy, and joined the legendary group the Texas Playboys, founded by Bob Wills and putting the mark of all time on Texas country swing. She has an amazing singing voice. Uh, she's a great instrumentalist. She has a master's degree in poetry, and it shows all of that in her songs.
2: Yeah, Jim, she's a true uh, multi-talented artist. The way she's able to blend these different styles of music together, country, rock and roll, soul, acoustic singer-songwriter... Uh, stuff. Uh, it's all in there. She's released several solo albums and collaborated with her husband, fellow musician Jason Isbell, with whom she has a three-year-old daughter. And uh, Amanda joined us at the Goose Island Tap Room in Chicago for a conversation and live acoustic performance, accompanied by her bandmate Seth Plemons
1: on guitar. I started our talk by asking Amanda about her time in the Texas Playboys and why she became part of that group.
3: I think it's more of like being, uh, you know able to work well with others and showing up on time and, you know, making sure your stuff works. Because be, every
1: 15-year-old girl does that.
3: Yeah, right? And um, I guess also being willing to play parts that other folks might find to be, you know, not as, with not much movement or whatever. I was just, mm-hmm. I just love the music so I, I did what I was told and I was happy to be there. Now listen everybody from noon
5: far If you want to know who we are We're the Texas Playboys from the Lone Star State oh, no. And if you like the way we play Listen while we try to say yes.
1: We're the Texas Playboys from the Lone Star State Tell us how you I fell in love with country music.
3: I always had grown up listening to it. And um, my dad always made me work in the summers, you know, and out in the pecan orchards or in his greenhouses. And country music was always on. But one summer I was at my dad's and we went into a pawn shop because he needed a new hunting knife.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: um, I, I saw a fiddle on the wall and I was like, what is that? And we talked about it, and I got it down, and well, he got it down, and I played with it, and I convinced him to buy it for me. And um, ever since, it's been the way that I feel like I can express, you know, things that are hard to express in words, but with music. <laughs>
2: It's interesting to me that you became a songwriter, a songwriter that a lot of people respect, frankly. And um, you know, you don't really see that transition too much. You don't think of the violin as a a songwriting vehicle, mostly it's really to pick not. up a guitar or yeah. a piano. So, how did you sort of make that transition? I also want to work with words and write songs.
3: When I started writing, I started writing melodies on violin because it's a it's a melody instrument, a melodic instrument, and. Um, then I'd have to go and find the chords, which is tough to do because when you're playing a melody, you know, one note can fit into many chords, so it takes me a long time. I think working with the songwriters that I worked with, you know, not only the Playboys, but, you know, listening to songs that were sung by the Playboys that Cindy Walker wrote.
4: A vision of someone
0: who loved me Brings a long, silent tear to my eye A failure, just watching the bubbles in my beer
3: yeah. Listening to Billy Joe Shaver's songs Who I worked with And uh, everybody, you know, the Flatlanders, all that I just, it just evolved for me And I fell in love with words And I wanted to be a word person
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you write them, do you write them on, on guitar? Or what, what's your primarily vehicle For creating the melody in your head?
3: Uh, Any of them. Sometimes I don't need an instrument at all. Sometimes I do it on violin, ukulele. A majority of this last record was written on auto harp. Yeah, just whatever I can make fit into my closet is usually what I'll do. (laughs) If there's no room for anything, I'll just have to use my whistle.
2: Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to ask you about the violin in particular is um, it is a notoriously abrasive instrument when you're first learning it.
3: It is. My mom made me practice outside with our Australian Shepherd because it would howl (laughs) along with me. (laughs) No joke. And it's hot in Lubbock, Texas. I was wondering what the
2: solution was to that uh, problem.
3: Go play that thing outside.
1: give us a song and we'll, we'll chat some more.
3: Okay. Um, we're going to do Break Out the Champagne. One,
4: two, one, two, three.
0: <laughs> Talking between bathroom stalls, Kelly said they it in tonight. We'd be ashes in apocalyptic light. And I said, Break out the champagne if we won't be seeing tomorrow. Let's get on with the show. On with the show. Split second, an executive decision. We're gonna break out the champagne. Everybody, look up below. Let's get on with the show. Here goes a toast. This morning, the told her heat was leaving. He said they'd be better as friends. It's no one's fault. The heart hunts how it And then she thought, I'm rock and roll.
2: Is uh, Amanda Shires with Seth Clemens on "Break Out the Champagne," a song from the new album *To the Sunset*? So, I was thinking uh, when I heard that song for the first time, and you know those opening lines, you know, uh, talking between bathroom stalls. Kelly said the world would end tonight. There's
3: Kelly. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's Kelly, Kelly.
2: You're being wow. Well, this Hello, is really. That's my best Kelly friend. In the room, did she That's really
3: awesome. say that, Kelly? Yeah, she did.
2: Yeah, she's a She did say it. So. I was thinking if, if I picked up a short story book and saw those opening lines, I'd want to know what happened. I'd like, I'd read the rest of the story just to find mm-hmm. out the end. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, it sounds like it, it really happened to you. Uh, I know you talked about this before. Um, and, and, and it's finding humor in a potentially tragic occurrence in your life.
3: Yeah. Things happen, you know, and the, and the world feels dark a lot of times, and sometimes, um, like that middle verse where I talk about, the the plane losing the engine and stuff that happened when i was flying from Dulles to london
0: about the said we'd lost
3: an engine. and we had to can't really park the plane <laughs> but we had to fly back and land the plane uh-huh. in a like an abandoned airfield in the middle of the night and it, it was horrifyingly quiet and lonely even though it was all all of us were on this plane And, you know, everybody's like, a plane will be great with less than one engine. I'm like, yeah, but that's not how they're supposed to go, right? And meanwhile, the power's going off and things are flying around. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, this is exactly how it's supposed to work. And um, they took away our drinks uh, for safety. um, (laughs) That's bad. And I said, I want this. And uh, (laughs) I want to keep this, please. Anyway, all the fire trucks happened and all that. And we slept out in the middle of nothing. And... um, I rewrote it, the story in my mind and I've almost convinced myself that it happened differently now. That instead of what happened, that instead I got up and everybody had a party like a disco party. <laughs> and uh, it was great.
1: Well, you went uh, and got an MFA in poetry, which is ambitious. Yeah, right? it was And ambitious. also, you know, probably even less of an employable outcome than musicians. Yeah. What inspired that?
3: Yeah, I went to, to school to, to learn to be better at words because I felt initially that I was just uh, operating on instinct only.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, and it was making me really question every direction or decision I was trying to make in it. You know, I was tired of fighting with myself. I needed to have reasons for the choices that I make and intentions to go along with that. And um, it's, a different, it's a different animal, though.
1: Well, mm-hmm. Craig and I have done a few of these sweet gigs in academia, right? And we get to do, you know, lyrics and poetry. Are they the same or are they different? There's a universe of information that comes beyond what we can read when we read your lyrics.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the sonic landscape offers a lot more as far as uh, what you can do with uh, note choices and, and um, phrasing. When you're playing the song and you have to play it through, then you have also the information of like what key it is in, which would, which would usually direct you to what the tone and the emotion and mood would be, not necessarily always, but um, and, uh, you're, you only have three minutes.
2: thing is that in most pop songs a lot of songwriters people who write the melodies the hooks the choruses you know and they know they've got something and then they go oh and this needs lyrics too you know i gotta put i gotta think of something and and they spend a lot of time working on the the bones the structure of the song the arrangement and then the lyrics are just sort of you know and they'll admit sometimes i, I just tack you know those are the first words that came to my mind i stuck them on there it sounded good it fit rhythmically with what i'd written musically uh but with you, it seems like... And I'm not saying you're the only exception to that rule. Dylan was obviously a great example of that. Dylan would often start start with words mm-hmm. and then figure out the song. When and I know you to... the words kind of plastered up in that closet, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, I do. Now I plaster them up in my back lounge on the bus because it's also the size of a closet.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. But, you know, it's a form of, of Swedish death cleaning is what it is. It's like I take my journals and I take the parts I like and I shred the rest so that if something happens to me, I won't get made fun of posthumously
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: because I'm worried about that while, while I'm gonna be wherever my soul is gonna be, I guess. Yeah. And it's really a focus issue for me because my mind likes to wander and if I have it everything around me, then it, it lends itself to keeping me on track and mm. you know actually facing what's in front of me, not like picking words out of the air, air as if it's some kind of magic.
2: That's great. We're here with Amanda Shires at the Goose Island Tap Room. Have you got another song for us?
3: Yeah, we do. What are we gonna do now? Eaves? Sure. Why not? <laughs> one,
0: two, one, two, three. I was young, spring it sprung. I wanted out of Alabama border. Kept a party dress in the Glencoe Park. My green and white Ford Bronco A gust of wind came blasting in The gas station where I was working He was 23, he was on leave And the rest gets a little hurry. Maybe a circumstance, but I saw my chance And I took it through a sunset Shipped the gears to the something better Shining diamond clear, shining diamond clear We didn't have much in common like Potter. When I started the show, he proposed for a while we were in top coffee. Started coming home high and then came the fights and I did what I had to do. I hit the sun and shift gears to the something better shining diamond Love him for happy ever after forever and ever and ever and ever, and
4: ever again.
0: We started off. working late.
2: Amanda Shires with Seth Plemons performing Eve's Daughter live on Sound Opinions. When we come back, we continue our conversation with Shires at the Goose Island Tap Room in Chicago. She'll speak on how motherhood has changed her songwriting. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
0: I just have-
1: Sound Opinions, I'm Jim Diargatis. I am here with Greg Cott, and this week we're talking to singer, songwriter, and violinist Amanda Shires at the Goose Island Tap Room in Chicago. Something both Greg and I love about Amanda's latest record, To The Sunset, is that it takes chances, sonically. It is not a straight-up country music record, and I wanted to know if that genre blending was something Amanda always wanted to do, and if she feels like the music industry always tries to put her in a box.
3: You know, I started playing when I was 10, and you know, started playing different music when I was 15, 18, and what it really is is it's a—they're all records of where I was at a certain place in my life, and I'd be real bored if I was doing the same thing I was doing when I was 10 that I'm doing now. So mm-hmm. that's the only way I know how to explain it.
1: Okay. So, so what's the story with mom inspiring uh, Eve's daughter?
3: You know, I have a daughter now, and um, she's three. And uh, You don't expect when you're young that your mom will become your friend or somebody that's as close to you as they do become the person that you look to for, for wanted advice and, like, opinions and, like, motherhood, too. You know, you, I, we talk a lot about about motherhood and what that means, and I guess what struck me is that I I just was talking to her one day and, and we were going through the past of, of of what I remember growing up with her was like, what I remember what that was like when she left my dad and um, it's not sad, it happens to everybody, they, they both married and divorced three or four times each after that, it's fine,
4: <laughs> <laughs> whoever
3: dies happiest wins. But you know, for her to be a single mom 20 years ago or 26 years ago, I don't know, uh, and and the, and the 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 steps she had to take to do what she's doing now, that was incredibly difficult. It was for me, but not like it was for her at all. And I think my mom is so rock and roll. She abandoned her, her art scholarship to have me. And then she left my dad in the middle of the night and took us to Kansas City to live with my aunt so she could get on her feet and did everything from being a bail bonds woman to a fishmonger on the weekends to any kind of work she would get. And then after I went to college, she started going to school. And then, you know, we went from living with my aunt to public housing to a rental house to all the things. And I just think there's there were a lot of points where she could have given up or just been okay, just, just you know, settling. Mm-hmm. And she never did. So that's why that song came about. And I, I, I like to keep it close to me because sometimes, you know... I don't know, sometimes it is really like a plateau in your life and you gotta muscle your way through it somehow.
2: It into your life, um, you know, having a daughter, a young daughter. What a handful, right? It's they're beautiful things, but they're mm-hmm. also incredibly, you know, yeah. Pain in the Pay brush. attention to me, and uh, you're writing songs for this record. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, you're trying to, you're trying to do the thing that they tell you not. You you can't have it all, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how I, do you, um, you know?
3: I? I got lucky. I just have a, a husband that, that actually co-parents, and um, you know, doesn't call it babysitting. Um, I go. I'm like I need to go right and he's like, "Cool, mm-hmm. we'll go play outside." So
1: What's he do for a living, Amanda?
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a professional photographer. <laughs>
1: uh, your husband is Jason Isbell. Um, he's got a great Twitter feed, and I saw a tweet that uh, that he did uh, not long after your record came out, where he was just dissing critics, right? And he he had been keeping a tally. Of every review of your album that had a mention that you had a husband, you know, and I was like, "Yeah, you know," I was like, "Her record's good. What, what the hell does that have to do with it?" Yeah. He seemed angrier than you are.
3: He well, you know, I understand and I I, I agree with the, with most of the things that he's talking about. Um, it's uh There's it, there's two ways of looking at it, I guess. You know, most things that get written about with him. In it, you know, reference drive-by truckers, and that's great. Yeah. Everybody needs a reference. But when they do it in a way where it's, um, where it's forcing your identity to to be something that's not really your identity, I think that's where it gets kind of messed up.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the, he was talking about the, it being more of the focal point than yeah. what you're talking about. You're starting to talk about this other thing mm-hmm. as, as opposed to the artist, exactly,
3: itself. or the work that you're doing. Like, who cares?
0: Watch the willows, watch the branches, bend. When your daddy's name, and the heart will break. While the plans
4: you make,
2: so you're writing this record. I, I think with the last one, especially uh, my piece of land, uh, people i i don't I don't know if calling it a breakthrough would be the right word, but it certainly seemed to widen your recognition but did you feel any different about going into this one you know that hey, you know now that maybe more people are paying attention
3: well uh, i like my piece of land I wrote that while I was you know eight months and pregnant and recorded it and um so all the feelings and things that I had were really close to me and and a lot of it was just internal like Introspective situations that I was trying to get through in my mind, and um, you know, after that, and and being a mom, and and getting mad about the world, you, and you know, after you give birth, you just don't care anymore. And so I went into it with uh, with um, with more confidence, and you know, quicker decision making skills, and um, and hope.
2: Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Amanda Shires here with Seth Plemons on guitar and uh, another song on Sound Opinions for us?
3: Yeah. Charms. Okay. Charms. No. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Do I play this? No, I don't. (laughs) Thanks.
0: My
4: mom gave
0: me her gold charm bracelet when she left me on my own can't remember what the charms were or the color of the stone.
4: And I still hate
0: your father for selling what was never his to pawn. Maybe being human is an orphan condition, and what's missing is what should be found. Maybe moving forward is my only ambition. And I never let myself turn around I'm daring to do what she couldn't Bring herself to do Isn't it just like a daughter To make a fool of you And the fear that I feel when I see my features Reversed in my own daughter's face
4: Maybe being human is
0: an orphan condition And what's missing isn't what should be found Maybe moving forward is my only ambition And I never let myself turn I'm daring to do what she couldn't Gonna stay and make different mistakes Isn't it just like a daughter throw it in your face Maybe being human is an orphan condition And what's missing isn't what should be found Maybe moving forward is my only ambition And I never let myself turn around.
1: is my only
0: ambition And I never let myself turn around I do not turn around
2: That's Charms from uh, Amanda Shires. The new album is To the Sunset on Sound Opinions at the Goose Island Room. Uh, Seth Plemons on guitar. So that's another song. Um, you're writing a number of songs about familial things on this mm-hmm. record. Uh, so the daughter looking back on the mother, and the, now the, mo- the daughter's a mother herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so they always say that you never appreciate a parent until you become a parent yourself.
4: It,
3: this one goes further, too, because it, 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 I leave my daughter a lot, you know, to travel and do work, and I was talking to my mom about, because my mom's mom abandoned her at, at, when she was young, and, um, and, uh, she said the difference is that, is that you come home, so. hmm In case any of y'all were wondering how I do it, I don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it is, it is an amazing, uh, juggling act, and, um. You know, it, it, it's, it's got to be, I know, I remember the first time when uh, my wife and I took a little trip uh, away from our first kid. Mm-hmm. And it, she was just a basket case. She had yeah. a real hard time with that, you know. And it was just like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have gone on this trip.
3: <laughs> something There's something in our brain, something ancient, that tells us that, that, that your child was about to get eaten by wolves <laughs> and, you know, drug off into a river. But yeah. it just hasn't caught up, I guess.
2: But it's got to be good to have that source of information there. In your own mom to sort of be able to. Yeah,
3: I mean, I I think the key is to just, you know, put your own, air mask on first, and then you can be a better parent and um, just hope and do the best you can. Mm -hmm. That's all I know, and I'm I've only been doing it for three years, so I'm not I'm not the best to talk to about it yet.
2: Yeah, do do recordings matter to you still?
3: Recordings of what?
2: Of your work, because you you hear a lot of artists saying that. What's the point? Of recording? Yeah, and, and Los Lobos was uh, one that broke my heart. They go, you know, we're just we're kind of wondering what the point is. It's um, it's you know, nobody's buying this stuff,
3: they so somehow yeah. that makes it
2: less valid to them. Maybe I don't know.
3: I think they're probably just coming at it from the wrong angle because you don't do it because what's the point? You do it because you have to, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just, you know, are foundered, as I like to say in horse terms.
2: Yeah. Well, the touring thing seems to be obviously the way a lot of people are paying their bills these days in music. And I don't think it really was any different. In the They're past. great,
3: but do you ever think Picasso said that? No. Yeah. Why yeah. am I doing this?
2: You didn't, you didn't, take, you didn't get that. If you um, don't want to
3: do it, go home and go to sleep. I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> it's like not a pity party. Work is hard, everything's hard.
2: Yeah. You didn't we get saw that. It's not the Master- Garden of Eden, yeah. Los Lobos. Songwriting's hard right I mean it's not but is I it mean, something that's in you like you have to do it like would you do it whether anybody heard that song or not yeah it's I just... was
3: doing it and whether nobody heard it not since 2005
2: yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um yeah I would do it no matter what you are my home
0: wherever you go anywhere you my piece of land. You are
3: my
1: You're going to do one more song for us, oh, right? Sure. Why don't you set it up and tell us what you're going to play, Amanda?
3: Here's a setup. Imagine yourself. Imagine somebody you're attracted to. Like a lot. Maybe you ought not to pursue that. Maybe you should, it's your business. (laughs) Can't leave it alone. By Amanda Shires and the Amanda Shires Orchestra starring Amanda Shires and Seth Plymouths on the guitar. (laughs)
0: too close, but you think your feeling is crushing at most, but I already know, I can't leave it alone, I can't leave it alone, hands find the places where they've never been, to learn for themselves new surfaces, and mine, they've got a mind of their own, Can't leave it alone Oh, let the night start unfolding Get to the part where the space between us closes Where we lean into the gold blue sky of morning with the words we can't find, like bees inside us swarming. I can't leave it alone. Stormlight through windows paints everything. Shades of neglected fish tank Green and I envy your clothes How they get to be so close I can't leave it alone Strange as a snowfall on the plains Your eyes glitter like an eagle's caged Glittering, in the no end I can't leave it alone Oh, let the night start unfolding Get to the part Where the space between us closes Where we lean into The gold blue sky of morning With the words we can't find Like bees inside us swarming I can't leave it alone I can hear you thinking in the dark. The noise of your nerves are all question marks and I. I can't leave it alone. 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 alone. Can't leave it alone.
2: Beautiful stuff. Uh, leave it alone from Amanda Shires from uh, the To the Sunset record with Seth Plemons on guitar. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim Dirigatis here at the Goose Island Tap Room. We want to thank uh, Amanda Shires and Seth Plemons for coming in being our guests today. Thanks, guys.
3: Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for coming.
1: If you're looking for more Amanda Shires, we have video of her performance on our website, soundopinions.org. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Oh, you know, Jim, the
2: whole year builds to this show, doesn't it? Uh, The Best of 2018, our favorite albums of the year. And we want to make sure the listeners are included. What's your favorite album of 2018? Call and leave us a message with your album and why at 888-859-1800.
1: Listen to our podcast wherever you get those crazy things. And much more information about the show is available at soundopinions.org. Special thanks to Shelley Steffens for recording Amanda Shires at the Goose Island Tap Room. Sound Opinions is produced by Brendan Banisak, Alex Claiborne, Ayanna Contreras, and Andrew Gill.
2: Opinions. Everyone's a critic, so now it's time to hear what you have to say. Baby, all you do is love. New messages. Hey,
5: Jim and Greg, this is Scott from Gary. I just finished uh, listening to you guys' uh, Dad Rock episode, and I heard you guys and Stephen hiding lamenting that there was not a lot of Mom Rock or Mom Rap. And I've had time to think about this. And I realized that top forty radio is women's mom rock. That's what moms are listening to. They're listening to the stuff that they listened to when they were young. For them, mom rock is for them, mom rock is Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin. Thanks for everything. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, hello. This is Rory in Oakland, and uh, thanks so much for another great very uh, treasure show. Uh, I've got one of my own to recommend to you, um, a woman named Gaya Su Aysal. She is from Turkey, um, not a place that you uh, associate with rock and roll, more of a place that you associate with uh, totalitarian regimes and uh, geopolitical games um, but um, she is fantastic um, she's kind of a psychedelic electronic uh, Turkish folk artist, she's been called the, the Turkish york and um, she wears all kinds of crazy outfits and she is just wonderful her latest album translates to consistent fantasy is reality, just one of my favorites lately, highly recommend you uh, give it a spin um, thanks so much
4: this is uh,
5: Josh from Buffalo, New York, calling to recommend something for buried treasures. Uh, there's a band out of Buffalo. I don't actually know them. This is seen Live. Uh, they're called Handsome Jack. They have a new single called Baby Be Cool. Uh, I know it's dangerous to say it sounds like something from the 70s, updated for modern times, but that is what it sounds like and not in like a Greta Van Fleet sort of cosplay way. It sounds like they've actually added something to it, Um, and they've really developed their sound since they were just coming up playing bars, and I know they're starting to get a little national attention. Uh, I think they'd be a really interesting addition. Thanks. Hello, my name is David Tinsley. If I could only pick ten things to take to a desert island for the rest of my life Astral Weeks would certainly be
2: one of the one of the records. Personally I think it's one of the greatest albums of all time. I think your comments at the very end about talking about
5: rebirth at the beginning and death and the ability on C D to loop it back, you can go in circles. And almost play this
2: album continuously if you don't stop yourself from doing it. No words can do it justice. Thank you.
5: Take care. Hi, it's Rajetta from Detroit. I'm calling about Van Morrison. There is never a time when you can underestimate uh, Dan Morrison because he is always awesome. Uh, Magic time, stranded.
4: Feels like I'm stranded.
5: You are with him when he sings. So he's lived it, he sings it, he is it. From top to the bottom, that's Dan Morrison.